Great to see you guys on a Monday night. Thanks for joining me here. Tonight's show is going to be Don't Buy a Haunted House. <laughs> Shout out to all you guys over here on Instagram. Maka Doodle, Joy Hall, my favorite Monday night girl, Daisy. Good to see you guys. Thanks for joining me. Special shout out to all you guys over here on uh, Facebook. Chastity Ramirez Henderson. Special shout out to Barbara Bacon and Crystal Crazy. Awesome to see you guys here. Um, so, yeah, tonight's episode has been long coming. Uh, and I keep forgetting to plug my microphone in. Good Lord have mercy. you think she would remember it by now. Yes, I'm glad you caught a live stream too, Daisy. They're always posted, so um, you know, just watch the postings. They'll be up. Um, so tonight is Don't Buy a Haunted House. This is part one. Uh, I think it'll be a two-part video series. Maybe even a three depends on how deep we get into stuff. Special shout out to Ricky Elkins. Good to see you, fella. Um, so let's get started on our stuff tonight. How's your uh, weekend been, everybody? Ours was great. Um, it was hot, but I got some work in the garden done. Um, Magical Monday, Melissa Begley to you and Miss Cleo. Awesome to see you guys on here. Now, one of my slides is looking kind of strange. Let me see what it looks like here. And that is totally blank. Well, you know what? Let's get rid of that. Off. Get rid of that. Okay, I think I've got what I need for tonight. Because I wanted to give you guys an example of one of the places that we investigated that was quite obvious that a home should never have been bought there. And I kind of wanted to give you a shot of what we saw, what we were looking at. Um, and it's down in my list here. But isn't it sad when you, you know, you save your money and you have this dream of having the perfect place, the perfect space, and then you get all moved in only to find out that it is haunted, it has paranormal activity, you're not getting any sleep, you're being tormented, your family's being tormented. That's one of the saddest things, I think, is for people's dreams to be like totally ruined um, by this type of activity. And, you know, maybe even the homeowners previously knew, or maybe the realtor knew. Uh, that the place was just not habitable. So it's, it's, it's a darn shame. Hey to Pamela Downey and Ina Thompson. Good to see you guys. So Joy says, I did a tonnage of salt packets. The energy feels much better. Oh, that is so awesome to hear. That is so awesome. Special shout out to Travel Girl. Good to see you on this Monday night. So let's go over in part one, the preliminary things you need to do or be aware of um, before you either lease, purchase uh, a property or space, okay? 
the first thing that you need to do is is research the general area now i'm going to go over conditions that you want to watch for now that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad property it just means that if you find any of these conditions inherent in the property you want to pay real particular attention to whether or not there may be activity at that area okay now granted uh, you may not have any of these conditions present in the general area and still have paranormal activity at the location. So it's not a hard and fast rule, but nine times out of 10, one of these conditions is present in a haunted property uh, beforehand. Let me check for questions. Hey to Mary Bida and Helen Drinkwater. Good to see you. So one of the first things that you need to check for is, well, firstly, just do a general research of the area and find out, you know, was there a previous building standing on the location? You know, was it torn down? Had it burned down? Previous structures, okay, is what we're looking for. Any kind of previous structures, previous homes, previous buildings that have been uh, done away with and maybe the home or another property has been built upon that land because a lot of times let's say if there's a fire and the house burns down you still have that base of the property that's still there and it's a lot cheaper for a person to build on top of that than it is to go ahead and put a new foundation in so a lot of places are built on old foundations and you wouldn't even realize it if you weren't you know looking into it hey to patty o'brien and angel lee good to see you guys uh and if you guys over here on instagram have any questions at all please let me know just uh try to type them in the comments and i'll try to watch that feed and make sure that i don't miss anything so researching the area is huge you want to make sure that you pay attention to any of the following things that we're going to talk about. And that is, is there a graveyard near the property? Near, when I say near, oh, the risk zone is usually about a mile or two away. Even a mile or two away, you can still get activity that comes into the home at night. Uh, so you want to check for graveyards and particularly like if there's an empty lot next to the house, I would go and look for um, maybe a hidden graveyard or an old, old, old graveyard that people have forgotten about. I'm going to show you a slide. This is an investigation that we did in Georgetown and the property was built upon a pre-Civil War graveyard. Now. The stones that you see at, at the tip of my foot here, that's actually a grave marker. That is not a stone because these were laden throughout the front yard and the side of the house. And uh, one, two of the stones actually had, you know, inscriptions scratched into them of the names and the dates and stuff. And so these were all gravestones. but the the person who was living in the house just thought that they were decorative stones 
they were not aware that those were gravestones. So a little bit more care about looking at empty lots and stuff that are around the property. Stones like you're seeing here, have <laughs> it other way, there. <laughs> Stones like you're seeing there, um, especially if they're in a pattern. Like if you notice there every so often, you see a pattern to these stones that really bears looking into. Now, graveyards are consecrated to the energy of the dead and they are not habitable for living people. So anytime a person builds or lives too near a place that is consecrated for the dead, uh, they're at high risk for paranormal activity at night in their living space. So that's kind of what uh, we encountered there, which is very interesting. And, you know, that's something that you really can't fix. Like I couldn't go in there and fix that. Um, the best that the homeowner or the person leasing could do is to change location and find some somewhere else to live because that's specifically dedicated to the dead and dead energy and that i mean i suppose you could try to live there if you didn't have too much activity but uh the energy of the dead is different than living energy and it does tend to be uh really damaging to the energy of a living person to be around too much dead energy and so that's one of the things that's um cuts the lifespan of a medium um, back dramatically is spending too much time connected to dead energy. And, you know, that can be detrimental to your physical health. So it's another reason why I limit my mediumships to only two a week. Uh, and I don't try, I don't go over that because it does tend to wear on me extremely physically. Okay, so graveyards check for old stones, especially in a in a pattern. Now, here's some of the other is, uh, things that you need to watch for: is old abandoned hospitals, or even even uh, pr close proximity to a newer hospital. The reason why is because we have a constant exit of energy dying energy that emanates from a hospital um one of a good example of this is waverly hills that has such an imprint of dead energy that has passed through that place that it's permanently saturated within the environment and if you were to live too close to waverly hills you might get a lot of paranormal overflow activity from that actual old facility. So Ina says in the early nineties, a woman disappeared from the house directly across from us. She has never been found right after she disappeared. The boyfriend committed suicide in a hotel. We have had activity here, but it stopped after I did research and told him to move on. Ooh, that's awesome, Ina. I'm so glad that you helped him move on. And it is possible that he committed suicide from either grief 
over losing his loved one or maybe he even did away with her and had uh, like guilt and grief over that. So who's to know? Mary Bida says, interesting. We live very near a cemetery. My grandsons, um, my grandsons have a hard time sleeping at night because they say someone is in their room. Okay, Mary, here's what you need to do. There's a video on my YouTube channel um, and it, it's a special video on the Monday Night Live playlist that I did with Barbara Bacon. And we kind of uh, collaborated and did a video on kids that have abilities or, or children that have a lot of activity, things that you can do for them so that they're more comfortable in their room or the, uh, they can sleep better. And so there's a lot of techniques in that video Mary, that will really help the situation. And if I uh, have enough time, I will post a link to it in the comments tonight. But if you guys are not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go to the YouTube channel and subscribe and share the videos there too. It really helps the show quite a bit. Tricia says, I live in an old farmhouse that was actually moved to this location 75 years ago. We know nothing of the history of why it was moved to this location, only that it was purchased at auction. The PVA only has records of it at this current location. There's definitely an energy in the house. I wish that I could know more. Well, <laughs> Trisha, one of the ways that you can find out more, and this is, this is part of what I do for a living, is I do on-site mediumship. And um, people that want to know more about uh, what's at their location, uh, who's at their location and why, uh, I will go out to a property and do a mediumship assessment. And um, we go into depth on what's there, why they're there, and different aspects historically about the property. And uh, it really brings a lot of relief to a lot of homeowners. Uh, again, those are limited as well because I'm getting up there in age. You see all my gray hair. And so, <laughs> and so, um, you know, for me to do an on-site evaluation, um, those kind of are, are, are few in number. So sometimes people have to wait a little bit for me to get to them. But I do my best to try to, you know, cover everybody locally here. Uh, shout out to Lee Wiggins. Um, and so Ina says about her neighbor that it was theorized that it was the gentleman's guilt that prompted him to um, commit suicide, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Very, very, very sad. But that type of energy does linger in the environment quite a bit. Okay, so another thing that we hadn't thought of, I mean, a lot of us do think of hospitals uh, with that dying energy always leaving those facilities, but even more so, nursing homes uh, have a lot of death energy that emanates from them. And so if you're living close to a nursing home, that can possibly be an indicator for lots of spiritual or paranormal activity. So let's see if there are any more questions. Angela 
says the former owner of our house was in our home when we bought it. He wasn't real happy at first that we were here. We began remodeling and updating, taking care of restoring our home. Haven't felt as present as strongly in the last few months. Oh, that's good, Angel, because um, a lot of times remodeling and updating, what happens uh, and why spirits are so against that is that they function off of energy and energy patterns. Now, the way that a home has been, this, the structure of it is an energy pattern that's ingrained in the environment. And when you go changing that, the spirit senses the shift in the energy because that's what they're using as sort of a guide to go by is the energy pattern. And when you change that or remove that, it becomes extremely confusing for them to get their bearings on where they're at and what's going on. So uh, it can be really difficult to deal with the spirit when you are remodeling and renovating a property. In fact, uh, let me jot that down because that's a whole nother show. <laughs> uh, renovating property and spirits um, because we have things that you can do for that. But that's like a whole nother show that we need to do. Um, so Taya wants to know, do nursing homes attract energy working in them too? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, uh, they attract a lot of spiritual data uh, energy because not only do you have people right on the edge of leaving, lots of portals that are in a nursing home or hospital, but you also have the dead energy or spirits that come in to be there for their loved ones uh, while they're crossing over. So there's a huge amount of of dead energy that circulates around a nursing home or a hospital. And that can be problematic for somebody living close in the proximity that has a lot of abilities. <laughs> um, you know, people who are more left brain, they're not, they may not be bothered by this at all, but people who are empathic or clairsentient or have a lot of abilities, May never get any sleep. I'll tell you that. Okay, back to research in the general area. Another thing you want to be very wary of is any historical sites, particularly historical battles, any battlegrounds, uh, because you've got unmarked graves, you've got a high imprint of violence in the environment. And um, you may have artifacts like pieces of guns or, or bullets and shrapnel and things like that that carry a lot of traumatic energy that's just saturated and printed in the area of where that historical battle might have taken place. And then you have um, spirits that were dying or people that were dying on to the property. And that is a huge imprint as well. Now, here's another one that people don't normally think of, but it can be, and I've seen it been a problem in the past for some people, are abandoned caves or mines. And 
I know we don't like to think about it, but there are other entities in this dimension that we are not aware of. And any kind of empty spaces like that are really convenient for them to dwell in. And abandoned mines or caves can harbor a lot of lost souls, a lot of strange entities that you may not be aware of, a lot of nature type of spirits. And so it's uh, something that you need to be aware of if there's any abandoned mines in your you know, direct, uh, I would say within a mile of the property that you're looking at, that may be a problem. So Melissa says there was a paranormal activity in my office located inside a hospital. The energy did not disturb my office mate. Is that unusual? No, not at all. Uh, it's really the, the brain functioning of the person Maybe your office mate was more left brain task oriented, focused on, you know, things that uh, need attention. And anybody with abilities is going to certainly feel and be bothered more by this type of spiritual or paranormal activity. So it's not unusual at all for one of you to experience things and one of you to not. So abandoned mines or caves are a huge for paranormal activity, believe it or not. And uh, we have a couple of uh, places around here in Kentucky that I specifically went out and evaluated paranormal activity complaints uh, coming from, they were actually caves. So that was an interesting um, walkthrough or an on-site mediumship that I got to do. Now, if you want to know more about me and my history, how I met David and some of the craziest stuff that I've seen, I'm going to be appearing on podcast called Sage in August, August the 1st. And it is um, all about Southern women and Southern women my age and uh, some of the things that we've seen, done and accomplished. And so uh, just go to sageandaugust.com and it, they will show you at the bottom of the page where to subscribe and how the podcasts work and, and where you can listen to the episodes. So that's coming up August the 1st. Now, here's uh, want to go over a couple of more of these before we uh, cut it for the evening. And so. Uh, one of the other things really to watch for is water sources, especially really close to the property that you may be considering. And that's going to be ponds, streams, lakes, those type of things. Uh, water seems to draw spiritual energy and probably because water conducts electromagnetic energy. Spirits and entities are all electromagnetic. and um, it can help them apparate. It can help them produce phenomena because it kind of exacerbates their own electromagnetic energy and amplifies it. And uh, they can draw energy actually from that. And so any nearby water sources can tend to exacerbate any type of paranormal activity that you might be experiencing. So, uh, let's couple like a water source with a historical battlefield. 
bad combination or in a worse combination. And so you want to be very cautious if you go into a property and there's a pond, stream, or a lake. Now, if you find pond, stream, or a lake, and there's a hospital next door or old abandoned building that was once a nursing home, forget about it. <laughs> keep looking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't settle on that one. So Ina says we, we have all of the above within a mile of us. Oh my gosh. Ina, do you have, activity in your house. I'm surprised that you don't have more going on. That's crazy that you have all within a mile. And I know you're a sensitive clairsentient. So that in addition to everything, I'm surprised that you get any sleep at all. <laughs> so Daisy over here on Instagram says, yes, I always wondered about that. Awesome. Glad to provide an explanation for you. All right, let's go over the last thing that you want to look for. And those are electrical substations or transformers. Okay, so this is a double-edged sword. Uh, electrical substations and transformers produce a, a large amount of, of electromagnetic energy. Now, that can certainly produce phenomena, especially if you're living too close to it. But spirits also can use that energy to apparate, to cause paranormal activity. And so even if you don't have a direct spirit there, you might think you do because um, these amplified electrical sources can work on the mind and your body's electromagnetic uh, system to produce phenomena that may not have anything backing. So <laughs> Ina says that they did have, but it, it's quiet now. Thank goodness, because we don't need to lose any more sleep, right? <laughs> but electrical substations and transformers are something you definitely don't want to buy any property next to or lease. Um, because it can be a huge problem. I did one case, I think it was out in Richmond, uh, where it, we could track it to where the activity actually started when uh, an old substation was reactivated. And we went back and looked at the records and the exact time that an old substation was reactivated uh, was the exact time that the homeowner started experiencing a lot of activity in their upstairs hallway. And so um, one of the things that we discussed was trying to shield as much as possible from the increased EMF that these people were experiencing at their home. And uh, we worked with them on a lot of suggestions and referred them to some experts uh, at shielding the house itself. And once they put their shields in place um, for the side of the house that had the substation next to it, um, the activity went away. So that was that was a good deal to know there. So do your research first before you decide to go any further with a lease or with purchase of a property. Next week, we're going to go over part two. Part two is going to consist of 
let's say you don't have any of these conditions, things look good, you're proceeding to get more interested in the property that um, you're looking at, what kinds of things can you do at that point to pick up on or clue you into that there may be a problem with the property that's not the location, okay, other than the house itself. So we will go over that in part two. Now, cautionary note, um, next Monday night, we may not, I may have to delay the show one week because um, I may have some family issues that I got to take care of uh, next Monday night. So we'll see. I will play it by ear. And if I can, I may do a remote um, broadcast. We'll see how it works. I'm not sure that that'll work out, but we'll keep our fingers crossed, right? Um, you guys have a fabulous week. Stay safe. Stay happy. Kisses from Kentucky. And I will see you guys next Monday night, hopefully. <laughs>